So I'd like you to do something. Call your friends, send them a text message or something. Tell them to tune into this station right now. Tell them to join us right now, okay? Um, today I'll be looking at um, hindrances to fulfilling purpose. Hindrances, things that can hinder us from walking in purpose. And um, there are quite a number of them, but we'll be looking at them one by one. And um, we're going to be practical. You know, this is real woman. This is real. <laughs> so we, we talk real stuff. And at the end of the day, we receive clarity. Um, and first of all, before I go in, I want to really thank us viewers for feedback, for watching. Um, week in, week out, keep watching, keep spreading the word. Um, to your friends to be part of um, Real Woman with Nike Adeyemi. Now, the first one I want to look at is fear. Fear. In the Bible, fear not, the word fear not appears 365 times. What does that tell us? One for each day, because we have 365 days or 366 days in a year. Um, and so it shows that God really <laughs> had us in mind. Um, God knows that fear is something that we experience, we feel, um, is part of our world. There is no fear in heaven, <laughs> you know. But here on earth, there are things that um, cause us to fear. There are things that will stare us in the face. And so... The word and the encouragement on fear not has been, you know, provided up front just to let us know that, look, when you see something that wants to make you afraid and fear, do not fear. Jesus said, do not fear. I have overcome the world, you know. So we are to look to him. We are to look to God's word to um, overcome our fear and to manage the, the things that cause us to be fearful. Um, his word says, perfect love casts out fear, which means fear is there, is present around us, in us all the time. But we are to, you know, overcome it because we've been given the tools, we've been given the presence of God, the word of God, encouragement, um, even stories from other people um, on how they overcame. So fear is something that, I mean, what are you fearful of generally? Um, you see, we don't have control over what could bring fear into your life, uh, say today or tomorrow as you step out, okay? Uh, no one, we never pray any bad thing will happen to us. We always pray that our steps are ordered of the Lord, you know. Um, but you don't know when you would get that phone call or some news that could cause your heart to first you know, shiver, <laughs> you know. But I know that God will always come through with his word of encouragement saying, be still. He says in Psalm 46, 10, I think, he says, be still and know that I am God. So in the midst of our fear, if we're still, we will see his faith coming through. We will see his goodness shining through that ugly situation. So let's not be stuck in fear but go past the things that cause us to be fearful. What are the things that cause fear? Sometimes it's past experiences from our youth, from our childhood, and you know, we're probably, we're, some of us are adults now, and 
when we remember such experiences and we try to we see a pattern, it could cause us to fear, you know. But God wants us to go beyond that. The things that so fear can limit us from fulfilling our purpose or limiting the fulfillment of our purposes because um, sometimes we're afraid to put ourselves out there. You're afraid someone would um, insult you. You're afraid someone will say an ugly thing about you. Um, if you know you're supposed to step out and encourage people like I'm doing, if you know you're supposed to start a ministry or start that enterprise, that business, put it on social media, put it out there for people to see, you're fearful. You make your page private because you are fearful that if everybody sees it, they may say, oh, what is this? You know, they might um, taunt you and say nasty words. But think about those who will say kind words. Think about those who would be blessed by that thing you're about to do or birth or that you're supposed to start. Think about those ones. Don't think about the negative ones because the negative ones, the naysayers, the complainers, the critics, will still come back and change what they're saying when they see you succeeding, when they see you reaching your goals and adding value like you should. Think about one life that would be so blessed or happier because you stepped out to start that business or to start that ministry. Think about that one person and let your fear recede. Okay, you think I wasn't fearful at all when I was going to come on Start TV um, many years ago, because this is not the only station I'm on, you know, because we, I started with one station and then added station after station, okay? Um, but the very first time I was ever going to go on TV, I'm not even sure, I need to go and think, is it 12 years ago now? I, don't, I need to go and look at the exact timing. I think I was not afraid. One part of me was excited, but another part was fearful. There was this, what if people don't receive it well? What if I make mistakes, <laughs> you know? What if I stumble on my words, you know, and stuff like that? What if, but what if I get better at it? What if I get better? I know the first episode may not have been perfect. What if I get better? What if just one person writes in to say, that epi an episode really touched me. You said this and this, and it released me to be a better person. So I decided to focus on the positive and here I am. I am I was able to move ahead with my purpose or what I believe God was calling me to do okay I was able to use that platform I didn't run away with it so fear would hinder or limit our purpose um, sometimes but you can go beyond that um, bitterness limits our purpose bitterness and complaining I know that many of us, life has done us bad. We have stories. I have stories too, <laughs> you know. And it's not time for us to be comparing whose story is worse than the other. Because some of us do that, maybe with our friends or consciously. You read someone's story and it was a bad story. And you now think in your mind, oh, mine is worse than that. Mine, no, <laughs> please don't. We should not be bitter about the things that happen to us. Let's get healing. He says he gives beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of joy for mourning. You've mourned over that situation. You've mourned 
and you've been bitter over the money you lost, whether due to stocks, wrong advice, or a wrong deal you went into, don't be bitter with yourself or with the person who dragged you or encouraged you to buy that thing that or whatever or someone really cheated on you ran away with your money and did not deliver what they said they would deliver i know it's tough but this is how i look at it i look at god's word even if i don't write then have a bible in front of me to look at hey what does god's word say about this i look at i try to see okay lord what is the perspective what is the good in this what this is a bad situation, you know. And it says, talking about purpose, I think that's Romans 8. It says, all things work together for good. 8, 26 to 28. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Have perspective and say, this is a bad situation. This person made away with my money. Oh my God. Or, you know, or this person, this girl cheated on me. Or this guy, this man cheated on me. And you feel really bad. Here's what to do. You can breathe in that moment. And um, after you've cried or whatever you want to do, <laughs> you don't have to. But again, I can't tell you how deep your pain um, is or try to wave off something as not being um, not much of a big deal because it might have been all of your money not some if it was some you can say okay yeah, I still have some thank God it was not all but if it was everything if someone wiped clean your account <laughs> you know some fraudulent I don't know what or how deep your pain is or what was done you bad but I know one thing you can breathe and look at it and say hey I'm alive. It's someone that is alive that can say, oh, all my money was stolen. It's someone that is alive that can say, okay, they stole your money, but they didn't steal you. They steal people. It's called kidnapping. I don't want to go into that right now. And even if you were kidnapped, you're like, okay, I was kidnapped, but I was found you know, and all of that. So you have your life, you are alive on this side of eternity because if you have had died and gone to heaven, you won't be with us. You won't be watching this right now. So you're alive. You might be in bad shape, very bad shape, but just take a deep breath and say, I'm alive. And that means that there's a choice to start all over again there's an opportunity to start all over again. It's called hope. And um, I'm going to hold on to hope and see what God will do. I'm going to see what next steps to take and to be willing to be obedient if the instruction that is coming is, seems ridiculous. You know, if the instruction of what is coming to you is to do a short video and just put it out on social media. Hey, this is what happened to me. You're not necessarily begging, but you're sharing your story and you might just be led to say, hey, you know what? Do your background checks very well. Check very well with, if you're dealing with someone, go, 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 go find out, ask around, like 
Do you know this person? Do you know about this kind of deal? Do your due diligence. I didn't do my due diligence and this happened to me. Okay? I'm just saying that to encourage someone. It just, it's coming to me right now that someone might see that and say, you know what, send me a DM. Or this is my number. Let's talk. How much was it that you were due to? How much? You know what, I'm going to help you. And that's it. Your intention may not have been to beg and say, hey, guys, I have no money. Come to my rescue, you know, and whatever. Because sometimes people think that's a scam. Yeah, we really, but you might be led to share your story, to help somebody, to add value so that someone else is not cheated like you were cheated. And in that process, someone that has compassion or empathy or whatever, the Lord may just say, you see that person sharing her story? Go help her or go help him. But if you did not put yourself out there in obedience as it came to you, if you did not because of fear, oh, people are going to think I'm begging, they're going to, you would even have lost out on the possibilities of what could happen to you after that. Things that would make you, that would limit you from fulfilling your purpose um, are things like fear, things like bitterness, overly complaining, um, jealousy, envy. I remember Joseph's brothers, Joseph. In the Bible, that story is in the book of Genesis. They were envious of him. Okay, it may have seemed like they delayed his purpose or limited his purpose, but he went through the journey. It was an ugly one. There were times when he it was a bit better. Okay, when he was in Potiphar's house, things were a bit better. And Potiphar said, you're going to be the head of all my servants. You know, he was doing well. And I believe he was happy because he looked at the fact that his master liked his work, applauded him, you know, and made life easier for him until Mrs. Potiphar showed up. Let's not go there yet. Um, but, you know, he could have focused on the fact that, ah, me, I had a coat of many colors. My, I was my father's favorite, of course, and that's part of what got him into trouble. <laughs> but did he have control? Was he to tell his dad, don't make me your favorite or whatever, you know? His brothers, who were, they were not purposeless, but they chose not to face their own purpose, <laughs> you know? And they walked in envy, thereby limiting their own purposes as well. They walked in envy and jealousy and decided to get rid of Joseph. So, of course, we know that Joseph must have been sad, abandoned, he was sold into slavery, but we could see step after step that God will always come through for him. He didn't quite quickly get back to, get to where he saw in the dream, like how the stars of the moon, they bow down to me, the sheaves bow down, you know, which was indicative of his family bowing down to him, his brothers, and he shared it with them, and they were like, what? You're rude, <laughs> you know? But it was meant to be. So if you're suffering right now, you are in the purpose journey. Don't be bitter. Look at Joseph and say, how did this guy do it? He must have had sad days. The Bible didn't even really account, write those parts, but he must have had sad days. But we saw him more as an encourager. We saw him more leveraging on the goodness so he working hard and his master giving him more work, promotion, treating him well. And so I think he chose to look at that and say, at least I'm not in the pit where my brothers left me. They were planning to kill me. But one of them said, you know what, sell him to the slaves. So he must have thought, thank God they didn't kill me. If they had killed me, 
I won't even be a slave in someone's house. Talk less of waking up, sleeping, eating. At least I'm eating. At least I'm alive. And guess what? My master even likes me. He likes my work. I'll continue to do, I'll continue to please him and do my work well. But rather than sit down and be stuck and say, ah, I'm not in my father's house. That would not move him forward. That will get him stuck in not fulfilling his purpose because the sadness will show and his master will say, this work is shoddy. You cannot, he could not, and he cannot keep giving excuses that, uh, you know, I was living to slavery. This is where I was living. He would not, his master will not take that from him. He won't take shoddy work, no matter the excuse. He said, do you want to work or not? So look on the bright side of things, please. And continue in the journey of purpose and in receiving strength to forgive. Forgiveness, depending on how deep your pain is, is not what we can do in our own capacity. Do you think Joseph forgave his brothers in his own strength or capacity? It took years before he would see them. And by the time he saw them, he had forgiven them which is a story for another day, because he didn't think he would ever see them, but he had moved on. And so the joy of seeing them and the possibility that his father could still be alive, he said, don't worry. It's been a long story, but it is me, Joseph. I'm alive. No, they thought the guy should be dead by now. <laughs> you won't die, so don't kill yourself with the sadness of all that has happened and thereby limiting your, fulfilling your purpose. So Joseph still fulfilled his purpose. Maybe it took longer than it should, we don't know, but he still did and he got to that place of power where he could even help his brothers and empower them. They that did him bad, <laughs> he said, come, come and enjoy where God has brought me. The Lord is bringing you into a wealthy place He's bringing you into a good place. Right now, the journey may look topsy-turvy, may look ugly, may look beautiful today. Tomorrow is up, down, up, down, but hang in there. Hang in there. I know what I'm saying. Hang in there. You'll be fine. And all things are working together for your good. There are other things that could hinder or limit our purposes. And I'll just quickly run through. Um, carelessness. Um, not being diligent. You see, these are sometimes things that um, maybe we bring on by ourselves or just because of our mental state. We can be careless. We can be um, not diligent at work, which we are supposed to be, um, not submitting our work in a timely manner. Um, many of us work um, how do we, online, virtually, um, working virtually is not even an excuse to be lazy because we must still deliver, <laughs> you know. Um, carelessness, being shoddy, being lazy, laziness can limit um, or hinder us fulfilling our purpose, being lazy. Because when we're lazy, again, the time it takes to do what we should do, um, someone that should recommend you, to someone else for the job or for promotion or for something better, they're like, mm, she's lazy, so I don't think. That. So again, 
These are things we can work on by ourselves. These are things we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us to overcome, you know, or to manage um, so that we add value to the world and we add value to people um, according to the strength that we have. Um, nobody's saying go and be what you are not or what you cannot do. Um, do the bit you can. I think sometimes quality is over quantity. Um, indifference, being indifferent, um, not even standing for something. Indifference can limit us. Um, because we're like, oh, anything goes, anything. Have a op an opinion, have a conviction about a topic, about a thing. Um, don't just say what will be, will be. We're just rolling anyhow. No, don't be indifferent about life, about your life, about issues of life. Um, look at the area you can speak into. Um, be present. Be available. I'm not saying for everyone, because indeed we must have boundaries too. If not, we'll be stressed and we'll be a, just a nobody. Um, Jesus had boundaries in fulfilling his purpose. He had boundaries. He said to the woman, the Syrophoenician woman who came to him, whose daughter needed healing. Our healing was what part of what he came to do. Heal the sick and all of that, right? Save the lost and and all that while he walked on the face of the earth doing good. But this woman came to him on a particular day and said, my daughter is sick and all that. And he said, I have not come for you. Okay, I have not come for the Gentiles. I've come for the Jews. And the woman pressed in. Actually, he didn't even put it that way initially. He said, I won't give what is the children's to the dogs. Ouch, that was harsh. Jesus, he was showing his boundaries. He was showing his jurisdiction of his work on earth at that time. Right now, there's no jurisdiction to his work. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's on the right hand of God, the Father in heaven, interceding for us. He said it is finished. He died for everyone. But as of when he walked the face of the earth in the 33 and a half years, and in three and a half years of his ministry, he knows those who he was sent to. Those ones, the Jews, those are the ones that will now go to the Gentiles. Peter, Paul, you know, and all of them. And of course, Paul was later on, was his disciples were then to go carry on the work. So he recognized that she was not a Jew and he said no. But she would not take no for an answer. Can you see? She would not take no for, for me, that is a preaching for another day. She would not take no for an answer. In her mind, is like, I've seen you healed other people. And what did she say? She said, yes, I know. But the dogs can eat crumbs that fall from the table. I know I'm not qualified to sit at the table with you, but the crumbs that fall from the bread, because he said healing is a children's bread. And I'm not giving you because you are not one of the Jews. You are not right now a child, you know, you're not in my sphere of those I'm supposed to reach. She forced him to reach beyond his specific purpose at that time. It's like she twisted his arm. He, he couldn't but attend to her. I remember in that scripture, in that story, Jesus said, 
Wow. I have not seen such great faith. I'm spitting in your face. I'm saying no, but you're still saying yes. He gave her. He said, go. Go. Your daughter is healed in this very moment. And the woman went and got home and saw her daughter was healed. She received it by faith. She latched. She didn't get angry. She didn't say, can you imagine? He abused me. He literally called me a dog. He literally get annoyed and leave the place. So one, her daughter is still sick. Two, she's annoyed. She's bitter because Jesus spoke harshly to her. So the problem has been compounded. But you know what? She stayed peaceful. She said, yes, I know. But just the crumbs, because dogs lick the crumbs from their master's table. That was humility. And at the end of the day, she got her miracle. Let us pray. Father, I know there's someone out there that is in dire need of a miracle. They're in a mess right now. Through their own acts or through no fault of theirs. Father, we pray that you reach out to them. Reach out to us in this very moment, Lord. Reach out with your love, with your words, with encouragement. Reach out right now, Father. A miracle of healing, a miracle of encouragement, a miracle of mental health, a miracle of sanity, a miracle of a better attitude. Do it, Lord, and we are open to receive. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.